of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I am a Christian, and as a Christian, I believe in God, although we know that there's more to being a Christian than believing in God. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus, and that's important, and we know that there's more to being a Christian than simply believing in Jesus. The Gospel of Mark tells us that even the demons believed in Jesus. They just didn't want to have anything to do with them, right? Jesus once said, not everybody who cries, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father, I'm a Christian. I love God. And part of what that means is that we seek to live our lives according to the very will of God. I'm a Christian. I I follow Jesus. He helps me to understand what it means to love God and to carry out God's will. I'm a Christian. I've committed my life to Jesus, and I seek to follow him as a Christian. I not only talk the talk, but I try to walk the walk. Not that that's always easy. I mean, it's not always easy to know what the will of God is for our lives at any given moment in time. We just think about how much the world has changed since Jesus walked on this earth and did his teaching. Some 2,000 years have passed, and the world is a very different place than it was 2,000 years ago. It's bigger, and yet somehow smaller. We think about the advances in medical technology and the decisions that we have to make because of that. Or the advances, the advances in, in, in all other forms of technology and the decisions we have to make because of that. And these are things that Jesus didn't teach about. And it's not always easy to, to navigate this complicated world and to know what it means to live out the will of God. And yet, and yet, I've found it helpful to keep in mind some of the basic principles of the Christian life, things that Jesus taught, some of the very basic principles, because they become a guide as we navigate through the difficult path of living our lives as Christians. Principles like hope. You know that God isn't finished with us yet? That God still shows up in our lives. And so if we pray and we pray and we worship and we pray, the Spirit of God will speak to us, will lead us, helping us to know what faithfulness looks like. Principles like trust. How we can trust in God that God will equip us for whatever it is that faithfulness requires. Principles like joy. No matter how quickly this world is changing and no matter what the impact those things might have on our lives, there is nothing that can take away our salvation. We trust in Him and so we keep our eyes on Him. Principles like our unity in the midst of our diversity. We are a diverse people. We don't agree on everything, but we are held together as one people, one body by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the ways that we are different makes us stronger. We need 
one another. We need one another in order to grow in our understanding of what it means to live out the will of God in today's world. Principles like being outwardly looking. That this Christian faith isn't only about me. And it's not only about the church. But it's about people beyond these walls. It's about a God who loves the world. Who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's about the world and all God's people. As followers of Jesus, we look to Jesus. And as we follow him along in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, especially, we see him going about proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he teaches what kingdom of God living is like. And he gives us examples of what kingdom of God living is like. He even demonstrates it through his signs and his wonders. He even demonstrates kingdom of God living. All along inviting people to follow. To enter into this kingdom that is at hand. Enter into this kingdom of God living. To become disciples. Now this word disciple can also mean apprentice. And I like that word for thinking about my life as a Christian. I'm an apprentice to Jesus. He's teaching me about kingdom of God living. He's showing me about kingdom of God living. He's helping me to practice this kingdom of God living. So that... I can carry his work forward. Discipleship. I like to think of it like this. Jesus went about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. And showing people what that means by healing people. And as a, an apprentice of Jesus... We go about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand as we bring healing to the world because we know in the kingdom there is healing. Jesus went about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand, feeding people who are hungry. Think of the feeding of the 5,000, for instance. As apprentices, we go about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand, feeding people because we know that in the kingdom people's basic needs are met. Jesus went about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand, pointing out injustice, standing for what was true and what was right. And as his apprentice, we go about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand, standing up for what we know is true and what we know is right, because we know the day will come when justice will roll down like water. Jesus went about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand, letting love be his guide, loving people. And as his apprentice, we go about proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand, letting love be our guide. And in those moments when we're not really quite certain what faithfulness will require, those times when we have to make decisions and we, we are trying to seek the very will of God, as Jesus' apprentice, we know that if we're going to make a mistake, we're going to err on the side of love, we're going to err on the side of mercy. We're going to err on the side of forgiveness. We're going to err on the side of grace 
Because in the kingdom of God, there is love and there is mercy and there is forgiveness and there is grace. I'm a Christian. Now, I'm not perfect. And there's a whole lot of stuff that I do not know. But I'm not the master. I'm the student. I'm the one who's learning. And so I pray and I pray and I worship and I pray. As I seek to grow in my understanding of what it means to be a, an apprentice, a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Even as I lean upon you and you lean upon me. As we together live the lives of Christians. In the end, there are no better words than these four words. I hope these words will best describe my life. I am a Christian. Let's turn our attention to the reading of Scripture. Our scripture lesson today comes from Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 31 through 46, and from John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it, to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are cursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you, did not give me clothing, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, 
When was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And now, John, the third chapter, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. This has been the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Marion. About the defining characteristics of Christian faith and of life together. We've talked about being a people of hope, a people of trust, a people of joy, a people unified in the midst of our diversity. And today we turn our attention to being a people outwardly looking. As followers of Jesus, as his apprentices, we look to him. And as we follow along with him throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus' focus was not on himself. And his focus wasn't only on the people who were closest to him. His focus extended far beyond to the lives of people that he encountered wherever he traveled. In fact, there's probably no better way to think about how Jesus was outwardly looking, always seeking to be a blessing to other people, even the people that he may not have known, than to think about his sacrifice on the cross, how he, he died in order to bring blessing to people's lives, even to your life and to mine. Jesus himself was always outwardly looking, seeking to be a blessing with sacrificial love. And that's, and that's a defining characteristic of Christian life and of faith, this sacrificial love, this desire to be a blessing to others, not just to ourselves, but beyond us. This is us. Desert Spring. As I think about Desert Spring, I'm struck with just how wonderful we are to one another in the ways that we're able to care for each other and encourage and support each other, and that's a powerful witness. But I also think about the ways that we're giving life away far beyond these walls, how we as a church are outwardly looking. This is us. I think about partnerships we have with Family Promise, with Spread the Word Nevada, with Three, <clears throat> Three Square, with Street Teens. I think about our ministry in the senior care facilities, with the, with the rescue mission in town, with Sierra Surface Project. I think about Sacks for Souls and our ministry with veterans. 
I think about our support of the Bremer family, missionaries in Bolivia, and our apportionment giving and how that is helping to fund ministry and missions all around the world. And our support of United Methodist Committee on Relief, who's hard at work in North and South Carolina right now. As I think about the many, many ways that this church is engaged in giving life away, trying to make, to transform our community, trying to be a blessing to other people's lives, the list goes on and on and on. This year alone, more than $300,000 is going to be given to make a difference in people's lives beyond us. This is us, the people who are outwardly looking. Maybe our poster child for being an outwardly looking church is what we call a different kind of Christmas. At a time where many churches see the Christmas season as the time to catch up on their own budget, to pay their own bills, we recognize Christmas as an opportunity to do something for Jesus by blessing people beyond ourselves. We ask people to sacrifice, to give up gifts that they otherwise would receive, children and adults alike, in order to be a part of a project that we know is going to have an impact in our community or someplace around the world. And through a different kind of Christmas in just five years, we've had a huge impact. We have saved the lives of 6,400 children who would have otherwise died of malaria on the continent of Africa. We've built a two-story Habitat for Humanity home that houses a family of nine, that a gift that keeps giving. We've provided 335,000 meals for people who are hungry in Las Vegas. We've partnered with the veterans to help veterans with their transition back into society here, life here. We have also provided books and mentoring assistance with childhood literacy for children in Las Vegas. When we really start taking a look at what we've accomplished in five years just through a different kind of Christmas, we have touched the lives of tens of thousands of people, having a significant impact upon their life. And we do that. We do that because it's what Christians do. It's what we do. It's what Jesus did. It's what he calls us to do. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was naked. I was a stranger. I was in prison, Jesus said. The work of discipleship, a defining characteristic of Christian life is sacrificial love giving life away. We've only just begun with a different kind of Christmas. This year, we're going to have another project. And it's going to be an opportunity for us to bring great blessings to some more people. And you're going to hear more about that project in the upcoming weeks. Because it's what we do. It's also the reason why we're starting a second campus. I mean, we're not starting a second campus because of something we're going to get out of this. <laughs> what do we get out of it? We're not starting a second campus because we're going to get something out of it. We're not starting a second campus because we want to be bigger and more influential. We're starting a second campus because there are people in the northwest part of town that Jesus loves who are searching for answers for their life, who are looking for some kind of meaning or some kind of purpose, 
who know that there's something missing. And we know what that is. And we have that to offer. We proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. And we know that folks who are searching for something, they're not going to know to come looking for us. So we're going to go looking for them. We're going to find them. And we're going to offer to them this gift, kingdom of God living. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're starting a second campus. It's part of the life of the Christian. And it's part of the life of the community of believers to always be outwardly looking, to always be looking for opportunities to share the gospel in word and in deed, to bless somebody's life, to help their life, to find that meaning and purpose and joy, that hope and that trust. Desert Spring, this is us, a people who through the power of the Holy Spirit are seeking to make a difference in this world. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen.